Hey everyone, my name is Josh, as Chris has said, and I'm excited to share more about our series uh, called Empowered. Oh, we're doing these Monday night workshops. I really encourage you, if you haven't been a part of them yet, to be a part of them. It's a great way to go even deeper, to get practical about what God is doing in your lives, and also to give you some stories, some experiences, whether you're praying for someone else or receiving prayer, uh, for what God might do through the Holy Spirit. So really encouraging you to go there. Um, I want to share a little bit, kind of by way of recap, um, what we talked about last week. We're talking about the kingdom of God. And so uh, let's do a little bit of an empowered recap. You know, some of these answers will be pretty easy now, especially if you were here last week. You know, the question of what is Jesus' core message? We might be able to say it like all on the count of three. Maybe not all of us, maybe some of us. Some of you, do you just want to say what it is? Someone. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is at hand. And we talked about what the kingdom is. Um, what is the kingdom of God? We said it's not like a, a Disney thing. Like we're not like just tourists that go in and out or pay like a lot of money to go here and then pay even more to buy the snacks. Like that's not what the kingdom of God is. Like it's actually not something that we're, uh, you know, tourists for. It's something that's actually establishing itself in the world. It's the rule and reign of God. And we see that in the scriptures as we look at the gospel narrative, when Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand, what happens next? We see Jesus recruit people to this kingdom. They pledge allegiance to the kingdom of God, not their own family, not anything that they kind of identified with before. They actually experience deliverance. Uh, they, you know, have experience of being cleansed of unclean spirits. And they even experience physical healing. So the kingdom comes in power in a way that you would notice in a way that is tangible, is real. That's what it means that it's at hand, like it's drawing near, it's close. But it's not exactly now, and that's a bit confusing, especially for those of us that are yearning for something better, yearning for our world to change, our own lives to change. We're experiencing more desire for that, but sometimes this acknowledgement of, well, it's not fully the kingdom now, is a hard one. We talked about these three things, kingdom timing, kingdom tension, and kingdom trust. Kingdom timing, kingdom tension, and kingdom trust. And that's all because of this, again, thing about the kingdom of God's drawing near to us, but it's not exactly right now. I mean, you can just look at our green this week, protest about war in the world, and know not everything is right. I think the kingdom of God is a time when everything will be right, and yet the kingdom of God is drawing near, making things right. So one of the big questions is, what time is it? Like, what time is it for you in your life? What time is it for us at ECV? What time is it for the body of Christ? What's available to us? What should we pursue? And again, it's that already and not yet. There's something of the kingdom that's already here, but it's not yet fully here. We had a few visuals to showcase that. This on the left is like this time to come when like everything will be complete. And these red scribbly lines are the things we see in our lives, sins, mistakes, ways that people hurt us, ways that we see things in the world. But there's these little dots where the kingdom of God is taking some ground. Jesus saying the kingdom of God is at hand. We even worked through some examples of that, thinking about praying for healing. Like sickness is this thing that's in this world that won't be in the next. But in the middle, we have not full healing, but being healed. We talked about this in other ways with resources, that we have money and scarcity. And in the middle, we have money still, 
Money's not the problem, but we see that security might be what we're really after. And security is in the capital E end, being secure, being content. So ultimately, we talked about just a few things, that it's a time to remember the kingdom is present right now. It's time to remember the kingdom battles against this counterfeit kingdom, a darker kingdom that distracts, that destroys, that steals and robs things from us. And that right now is a time to risk and to trust. That's what we talked about. And I wanted to unpack that for you. Because again, we can say the kingdom and we can be like, okay, if you're kind of know the church, know Jesus, like, I think that's good, right? I'll clap for that. But we can ask, what does that actually mean for our lives? And if we're here not knowing a lot about church or Jesus or scripture, the kingdom of God just seems a little bit like a fantasy land. Okay, I guess they believe in like, you know, the Virgin Mary thing and this, like that's weird. But it really is something that can orient our whole lives and it can change us. We had an activity last week that we did at the end, just trying to practice what does it mean for the kingdom of God to come. So we had uh, someone come, Kristen, and, and share uh, hey, I'm willing to get prayer. And then together we all prayed, and there were three people that prayed in particular for her, like right in our sanctuary. And we had words, some words that seemed to be a little bit more on than others. And I think at the end, your quote was, it's like you knew me, even though no one did. It's like you knew me. The power of God coming in our service, in our sanctuary, right now. The kingdom of God drawing near, being close. These are stories of being empowered. We want to pray for more. Let's pray as we start our time together. Holy Spirit, we do pray for more. More of you, more of your power, more of your kingdom, more from your Holy Spirit. God, where we know that we have need today, would you let us know that you see us? Some of us here come with needs for healing, or being set free, or being a part of something bigger than themselves. And God, I pray that during our service, you would say, I see you, and you would move on their behalf. You would do things that we couldn't ask or imagine, that we couldn't anticipate, that we couldn't even do ourselves. Would you do that work through your Holy Spirit? Come and be present with us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to try to take a risk each week as we're together, pressing in on what the kingdom of God means, what it means to pursue the Holy Spirit. Obviously, there's a way to do that on Mondays. That's happening tomorrow at the Kennedys. But also, we'll try to do that in our services too. And it'll look different each week. Uh, today, we actually sent people out before our service to go out on the green to pray for people. I don't know what happened. I think we're going to hear testimony on a little bit of that. And so stay tuned. But just ways we're trying to practice, what does it mean to be sent? We'll hear a little bit more about it from the Bible, and then I'll invite them to come up and share what happened in their own time. That's thankfully a familiar practice, I think, for us at ECV. Like, what does it mean to be sent out? To be sent out. Some of us even have our own stories of that, whether that's in our workplaces, that's in our home life, that's doing something like praying on the green. Several years ago, a few of us at ECV were doing that kind of activity. Like, let's pray on the green and see what God is up to. Uh, I think we did something where we prayed for God to speak beforehand and to share words to guide us. Like, what, who might we see? What might uh, we kind of run into in terms of situations? And to be honest, we tried to do that. We did not really either hear that well or like have matching words. So we were just kind of like stumbling and bumbling on the green. Not the best experience. 
And then we saw two people. One of them had a crutch, uh, and we went a little closer. Embarrassingly, like, I ran a little closer. Not necessarily great to do. So I kind of ran, I didn't realize how fast I was going. I was like, ah! like, they're just like, looking back. Uh, they had severe looks for me, I understood. Uh, and these two women were in a relationship. They talked about how one of them got an injury, and they actually opened up, which I was really grateful for, considering that I just like stumbled upon them. Uh, you know, I'm about to talk about Jesus. This is like kind of an uncomfortable situation. And yet, I could tell that when I mentioned prayer, and I when I mentioned healing, the one with the crutch was like a little bit perked up. I don't think that person wanted to be on a crutch anymore. And so they let me pray. And a few of us prayed together. And as they kind of tested out, this person tested out, you know, what was going on, it seemed like things were better. Now, sometimes people do that because they're being polite and they just want you to leave. Um, that might have happened. I don't know. You'll hear a little bit part of the story uh, in a second. And they were kind of like, yeah, it feels better. Like, thanks. And we prayed for them and we were on our way. What happened next is a little different and does not happen each time, you know, I go out to pray. Um, it was strange, but I felt like it was like exactly I don't know, like being in a story that God was writing, where someone came up and now they ran after us. So I ran after this couple, they ran after this group. And they said, what just happened? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I think we prayed for someone and it seems like they got better. Like at the time, actually we looked and like, now the person wasn't using the crutch, they were carrying it. So I think they had seen more than we had. It's like, oh, like actually maybe things actually did get better. We thought maybe we should just like shuffle away because we were being a little awkward. I think that person saw like, no, that person was using a crutch and they're not anymore. Like what happened? You need to tell me. And so we're like, okay, like calm, calm down a little bit. But we think that, you know, what happened was we prayed and then through God's spirit, God's spirit did some healing work. Like we feel like it's part of like God's kingdom coming. And this person said, I actually am really interested in that. They told us that they worked at, you might know this grocery store, Edge of the Woods. And so I think they were kind of open to maybe stories of healing or, you know, things happening uh, that felt maybe a little bit more mystical or uh, out there. So I was like, okay, like, I think they're open to this. And they're like, I actually have had a problem with my stomach. And I would love for you guys to pray for me. Like, I saw you do something and I want to see, like, can this work now for me? And I was like, tell me more about your spiritual background. And she's like, well, you know, I used to know God more, but I really have struggled lately with anxiety, and I feel like it's connected to uh, this stomach condition. Like, can you pray for me? This is just all on the lower end of the green now. And so we prayed. We prayed for peace specifically, that peace just would enter her body. Peace would enter her stomach. And she experienced that peace. And she even said, like, there's some things that felt physical, like that were bad, that she didn't feel anymore. And I said, hey, uh, can we just pray for you, even like your relationship with Jesus? Just that this like thing that felt like it was part of your life, can we just bless that part of your life? And she said, yes. And we prayed for her, and then I said, maybe I'll see you at Edge of the Woods. I don't think I ever did. Um, and that was it. Just a simple story of going out on the green and seeing what God would do with that. Like there seemed to be some like kingdom activity, like perhaps a healing of a leg, but then even more like curiosity and a moving towards. Say, so what happened there? Like, what was that about? And this person had their own sense of what God, they wanted God to do. This is God bringing the kingdom in our city. This is church on the streets. This is Jesus as the king sending you to do kingdom work. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. Your invitation isn't simply to believe that the kingdom is at hand, to seek for it theoretically, even in your own life. Think, okay, let me seek for the kingdom, like in my finances or in this. Like, it's not just a theoretical thing for your life. 
or even to ask God's kingdom to come into your own life, we get to be a part of bringing God's kingdom through our yes, through obedience, through a courageous way of just being who we are in public, being who we are just with others in our lives. This is the, kind of the joke story I told last week, of like just being outside. Like it really is like being outside for Jesus, AKA just like being a person, like and just engaging people with what we know is true or what we're wondering is true or what we're willing to pray for. Last week I asked the question, where the church is and the timing of the kingdom. And the truth is that the church isn't the kingdom. And that's really important. But I think a healthy church pursues the kingdom. And while there are many different people that make up the church, and many reasons that the church has conflict or division in the New Testament, from Jesus' crew to the early church's formation and development, everyone seems like they're sent out to do kingdom work. It's simply a standard part of following Jesus. So like, there's conflict, there's division, but it doesn't seem to be about like, just the, the, the process of going out and praying for folk, being with others. That doesn't seem to be where it comes from. This is, I think, important for us. As Jesus followers, we're called to be the church outside of the walls, not simply to fight over what church means inside of the building. And this doesn't mean to stuff conflict for the sake of mission. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean to stuff conflict for the sake of mission. Actually, I think what we see in the New Testament is that mission happens alongside conflict. Mission happens alongside conflict. Sometimes conflict is a direct result of the mission, of what is happening, what God's doing. Sometimes conflict and creative solutions drive the mission forward. But what we always see in all parts of a conflict is people doing simple work to be sent out from the church as habit, as familiar, and more often than not, as fruitful. Does that make sense? Not stuffing it to do mission. It's actually a part of it. Sometimes even like in this dramatic way where it's like, how did that turn into something different? It's like, oh, only God could turn like this conflict mess into somehow new people following Jesus, new communities being reached. And even sometimes, not always, but sometimes unity forming through the very conflict that had emerged at the beginning. I think that's a lesson that we've always needed as a church, as ECV. And I think we need it now too, to remember that. Here's three other things I want us to talk about today. Being sent by the Spirit is always vulnerable. We can't get away from that. I'm sorry. I'm also not sorry. Being sent out is always vulnerable. Being sent always tells a bigger and more joyful story than just your own. It's always bigger, and believe me, it's always more joyful, even if we have to uh, kind of see how God sees things to really believe that. And the last thing that's so important, because we can feel this all the time, is we're not sent alone. We're sent with the Spirit. We're sent with one another, and we're sent with gifts. I want to read for us uh, our main scripture for today. It's from Luke chapter 10, and it's verse 1, I think, through 12. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can pull it out, or you can read alongside with me. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go! I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, 
peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Jesus' instructions to these new disciples who are being sent out. Being sent out is always vulnerable. I'm wondering where you all see vulnerability in this passage. Where's something that makes someone vulnerable in this passage? You can do a vulnerable thing and speak to that question. They don't have a place to stay. They don't know where they'll lay their head. That usually disturbs us as people. If we don't know like, where we're sleeping, which is the case for a good portion of people in our city, like a, a number that is too high, like, that's distressing. And when we know, it gives us some security. What else is vulnerable? Sit in. They might be rejected. They're actually having to face, do we want to get accepted or rejected? Or, you know, better yet, just not do it at all. So then we don't have to face it. Anyone else? Yeah, Seamus? Say it again. You guys are awesome. Echo. No supplies to eat. The human echo. Maybe one last person. Yeah, Marilyn. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. So there's something vulnerable about naming their rejection, right? Like sometimes when we get rejected, like you know what we do, right? Okay, thanks, bye. Like we like just act like we didn't say it. Like, oh, yeah, it's a nice day too. It's like, you know, you asked the question and they said no. It's like, yeah, have a nice day too. It's like, no, that wasn't what they said. Like you're making it up to feel more comfortable, right? But you have to actually say something about that. Thankfully, it's like kind of to the air almost. It's not necessarily to the person, but still vulnerable, right? There's a lot of vulnerable things that are happening here. I think that's part of why it's always a vulnerable thing to do, to be sent. We can see how there's something in this passage about movements. You know, there's these words that we can read, kind of uh, action words, appointed, sent, send out, go, italics or knows, do not take stuff, do not greet, say peace, stay, eat, drink, do not move around, heal the sick, say a warning. We can see kind of who these belong to. Gods are the first. God appoints. He sends. He sends out. The disciples have the stuff they shouldn't do, right? Like, don't do these things. But then the disciples move towards others. They're moving towards other people. That can be something that brings vulnerability. It's always a vulnerable thing. I think this is where I want to hear from Joel and Spondon to see uh, both maybe what was vulnerable about your time, if you're willing to say, and also uh, to share any stories that you have. Let's give it up for Joel and Spondon. There was a little email that went out, uh, and there's a few others that said yes that weren't able to make it, but these folks said yes. Uh, 
the vulnerability is real. <laughs> uh, there was a dude who said, it's kind of bold of you to come and say that I'm not feeling well. He kind of sent us away, but we still prayed for him. But we did meet a few people as well, uh, whom we prayed for, and that actually happened after we just prayed. Like, we just prayed because we're not finding the right people to approach, and then they just turned up, so. I think part of the vulnerability is like, um, relying on what they were told to do, and not just like, what you thought was the thing to do. Like, the guy that was like, that was bold. Um, we had walked past him once, and I'm like, is this the person? And I felt like God was like, nope, that's not the guy, keep going. So we walked past, and then we kind of did a loop, and as we're coming back, I'm like, it's gotta be this guy. <laughs> and he's like, hard pass. <laughs> um, but also, um, like, my back hurt a lot. Um, I, like, injured my back this week, and um, it's not perfect right now, but it just, like, is significantly better than it was when we left. Um, and that was, like, actually physically vulnerable. It was like, this could get worse, walking around a lot. Um, so that was cool. And then one thing is we, like, we prayed together and we listened. Um, and the things that, like, we kind of saw beforehand, like, we saw when we were out, which was neat. Um, there was, and we, I didn't understand them fully, right? So I kind of saw a way to walk, um, and I saw, like, these certain kind of railings, um, and I saw a picture of toast. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, I was like, people smell toast when, like, they're having a stroke. Like, maybe we're going to pray for, like, a stroke victim. That did not happen at all. Really, that's where my brain goes. Um, but um, what was neat is we walked that way, and we turned left onto the street that, like, thought we were supposed to turn left on, and there's a building that has those same exact handrails, so that we're like, let's sit here. Um, and these two guys come out, we got to chat with them a little bit, and they go back in, and it was a bar. And I'm sure, like, they did a toast at the bar. <laughs> and it was not as extreme and weird as I thought it was gonna be. So, yeah, praise God. Oh, guys, stay up. I'm just going to pray for you real quick. <laughs> I'm just going to pray for you real quick and pray for us as we continue to live lives where we're just open to stepping out and seeing what comes. God, thank you for Joel and Spondon as hopefully the first of many people who in this series and season take a risk that maybe they weren't expecting to take just a few days before. And I pray, God, for their yes, for the obedience, God, that they were called into. And I pray for us. God, I pray also for each person they encountered that each encounter was a true act of love that encouraged them or helped set them free in their own journey, healed them. And thank you, God, for Joel's back, and we just pray for more healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all. Round of applause again. So being sent out is always a vulnerable thing. It always is. Our vulnerability and obedience, though, it looks like God drawing near, and we need to know that. Like, when we are vulnerable, and when we say yes, it looks like God drawing near. Like that's what happens. We become a part of this kingdom movement. Even if we don't have all the stories we want, even if it's awkward, even if we get rejected, we become a part of this big kingdom story. So the question might not be, are you ready? Because what if everyone here says, no, Josh, we're not? Like that really might be the answer. Like, are you ready? I was talking to someone recently, they're like, am I 100% ready? 
And I think I just answered for them, no. Because I don't know what 100% ready for almost anything is. But the question I think is, are you ready enough? Are you already enough to do something that God's calling you to do, to step out and to be sent? It's not, are you ready? And it's not, are you ready 100%, but are you ready enough? And I'm going to ask a few questions at the end of our time and have people respond. And that's going to be the question, not, are you ready? And certainly not, are you ready 100%? I know some of you are like, nope, 99.9, so I can say no. But I'm going to ask, are you ready enough? And I hope the Spirit meets you. So your answer, your response, whether it's about following Jesus, whether it's about just saying yes and being sent, you can be like, you know what? I am ready enough today. That's what we're going to do a little bit later. There's another thing I want to share um, that being sent always tells a bigger, more joyful story. Being sent always tells a, a bigger and more joyful story. These aren't cool stories of just what God has done, but they're stories that speak to a cosmic reality, one that brings Jesus joy. And we see this as people return from their ministry trip. It says this in Luke 10. This is verses 17 through 24. I'll read it for us. It's a bit small. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Jesus, expressing such joy. We see that sometimes, but not always. Jesus expressing joy, and, and over what? It's over the secret that he reveals to the disciples, that the name of Jesus has authority. But I think really the biggest thing is that name has authority even when Jesus isn't there, even when Jesus isn't around, even when Jesus says, you know what? That city, that's not on my agenda right now. It's on yours. I'll be there a little later, but can you go first? Can you go ahead of me? Think about how, just amazing, let's, let's like step back and just, you know, have some awe at Jesus. How many times do you see the disciples completely messing up in the scriptures? Jesus saying, I'm going to go to these places, like Jesus will go. But he's like, I'll let you go there first. Announce me. Tell them what's going on. Tell them the bigger story. And they say, yes. There's something, I think, joyous, because Jesus is like, It works. Them saying my name works. Them saying that there's authority works. Them going out without me works. Now, why could that be helpful for us, knowing that Jesus works even when Jesus' body isn't right here? I think there's some reasons. There's more. Even with all that, you know, Jesus says, don't celebrate as if this new Jesus power will give you more love or more acceptance or more status. If we're sent more, if we experience more spiritual power, no. Our rejoicing comes from the name of Jesus, giving us access to being God's family. 
Like at the same time we see that we can do these new things for God, Jesus just corrects the record real quick. But don't get excited about that too much. Because the real thing to get excited about is the name that gives you that authority to do the spiritual work, it means your family now. You're my family. That's what you can rejoice over. It means that God's pleased to give us kingdom work for our shared joy, to see things that prophets and kings didn't even see. That's what we have as our inheritance. That broad invitation is part of why I said yes to joining this church, to being part of this bigger story. I brought people to this church that had powerful experiences of the Spirit, they didn't really have a framework for it or a grid. Sometimes they didn't even know it happened to them. I was with one of my friends that I brought to ECV that had an experience with something like a, a, a very easy and gentle deliverance experience where some dark stuff that was in their life got out. I talked to them two weeks ago. They didn't even remember that part. They're like, oh yeah, I just like coming, like things got better. I was like, don't you remember that prayer time? He's like, no. Because I think it was that gentle. It was that ordinary. It was just part of, you know, his story of coming back to church and seeing God do things. Not everything that's spiritual or spiritual power has to be dramatic. I don't know what movies are out, y'all. I don't know, but I'm guessing because it's a time when movies are out that it's one of those crazy ones, right? I don't think that's always what spiritual things look like, what supernatural things look like. I think a lot of times they just look like love, love that's out loud, love where healing happens as a result, love where you feel better, and maybe you don't remember the prayer time, but the people praying do, because they were like, wow, something happened. That's what love in the Holy Spirit can look like. When I saw that at ECV, I longed to see it elsewhere, to see it in different neighborhoods, in different communities in New Haven. And slowly and slowly, like, I saw us go out and do some of that work and definitely have a call to do that work more. I love this expression and the statement that's in the scripture. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see but did not see it and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Do you all believe that? And if that isn't true for you, are you open to getting more stories? Some of you are like, nope, I don't have anything a king or prophet would want to see from my last week, my last month, the last season. One, I'm not sure if I believe you, but if that's the case, just get some more stories. Say yes to a few more Jesus adventures. Ask some other people who have gone on them that you know, and say, can I tag along? We're only one yes, one experience away from seeing more of what God might have for us. Being sent, we are vulnerable, but I think we're ready enough. Being sent, we're part of a bigger story, and it's God's pleasure to invite us. It's not our effort to earn that bigger story, that bigger story of joy to be with Jesus, to be included, to have access to power through Jesus' name. Last point for today. We're not alone. We're sent with the Spirit, with one another, and with gifts. We see this phrase uh, in, in Scripture that's kind of like a famous uh, verse in Acts, the book that talks about the early church. And this is what Jesus says to the disciples that are gathered. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Notice all the ands there. Not ors, but ands. And not first this, then that, then this one. It's just a bunch of ands. I think it's worth mentioning that it's ECV, I think we're trying to do that. We have folks that are doing good work all around the world. Audrey Lin, who's with us several months ago in Taiwan, you know, 
uh, work that we're partnered with in Guatemala or Uganda, this ends of the earth. We have people actually in some of these regions that are named right now, folks that are doing really hard work as I wonder, what does it mean to follow Jesus given the war that's happening? Are they safe? Are they secure? I know a family that was living in Jerusalem and they moved to Jordan. Now they're praying, should we go back? Because we feel like we can be part of the mission that Jesus has there. They moved because they were like, I need to step back to just evaluate. But I actually want to get back in. We have another person that we've sent out um, that's in a, a neighboring area. And, and this person's wondering, is the war going to get even further out? But they're not leaving. They're saying, I'm sent. And so they want to ask for God's power to do the work of the kingdom. Let's remember to pray for them. We have people in our church family doing this work. And we're part of that work. We can be sent in all the places, from here to the ends of the earth. I want to share one more story that's a local story, and then um, just read a verse almost as a prayer for us. Uh, one of the things that went on last year was wondering, what does this look like in this season for us? And we were wondering kind of what's a place we could say yes. And um, in a silly way, I was on like a neighborhood uh, management team meeting via Zoom, which meant I was cooking my dinner, talking to Tina, playing with my kids, and Zoom was on in the background, right? That's what that meant. Um, and I heard something, which was there's this like neighborhood corner store that's struggling. I was called the Black Corner, and I was like, I feel like I should pay attention to this. Like brought the computer into a different room, listened. And basically that's what I heard. There's a neighborhood corner store, it's struggling a little bit. That was it. Um, and I went and I just asked, this was like you know, a few days later, like are there things we can pray for as a church? She said, yeah, like come back. So she brought more people to come back to that corner store. Some of you all went. And what we saw was this open invitation. Like there was peace on that house. And we got invited back and back and back to do outreaches, to do different things. It was great. It was amazing. And uh, there's some connections that even are, there's new people in our youth group because of the yes that we had. There's ways that sometimes when you have this kind of strange invitation, pay attention. You don't know what the Lord will do. And then sometimes people get a little bit carried away. One of the partners I had was Kiana, our family pastor. And she read in the news that there was un something else was happening at a corner store. This time it was a shooting. There was a homicide that happened nearby. And she said, Josh, there was a shooting. We got to go to this corner store. I said, well, which corner store? She's like, well, the one there. I was like, the one next to where the homicide happened? She goes, no, it was actually the corner store with the homicide. I'm like, and we're going there? And she's like, yeah, I want to go. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yes, let's do that. Let's go to that, you know, that corner store. And, and we went together. And it, it was a similar thing where we went inside and asked, like, how can we pray? Just an open question. And we got a little bit more than we bargained for. Someone was like, wait, you're praying about this? I said, yes. He said, you know, wait here. We waited. He showed us where the bullets came, which we didn't necessarily need to see, but he showed us. And then he said, and you know what else I, of experience I've had? And he literally raised his shirt, and he was like, these are bullet holes. This is the scar. And he's like, can you pray for me from a different event altogether? And we prayed. We prayed for God's peace. We prayed for God's comfort. And then we came back and prayed around the store a few more times. I never thought when I read that article in the New Haven Independent that I would go pray for that store. And maybe there's things that you've read, things you've heard, places you've passed, and you would never know that your life will intersect 
But you've got to say yes for that to happen. And you can start it as small as you want to, whether that's with your office, whether that's in your home. It's always going to be vulnerable. It will be. There's always going to be something unsettling about it. But it will always join you to a bigger story and a more joyful one. And when we do this with each other as a body, we're not alone because the Spirit's with us. And gifts that God gives to the body are with us as well. This is the passage I'm going to read as a prayer because it lets us know that even as we see in the early church, we're never supposed to do this work alone. It's in 1 Corinthians 12, and it's just a word. You're going to see uh, and hear some things that some might be familiar. They're spiritual gifts, but it's about the body really working together and working together well. The worship team can come up. I'm going to read this as a prayer for us, and then we'll move into a time of response. This is Paul, the church planter we talked about a few weeks ago, writing. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another by faith the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another the working of powerful deeds, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. As I read that passage, there's only one time, right, like that we see, like with one thing, we see the oneness. It's always about God and the thing that God calls all of us to. I don't see us being alone in that. I actually see us being together, God using us for the building up of the body, for one thing, for one person, for one spirit, but all of us are together. And so I want to invite us to stand together. Please stand as you're able. Because I think there's an invitation for all of us. I'm going to say some things. People might respond more specifically. That's all right. You can follow it up with prayer. But I feel like God is calling all of us to experience more of the spirit. All the activity that these folk do, it happens after the spirit has fallen after God has met people with the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to ask you that question. Are you ready enough today? Are you ready enough? I want to pray for the Holy Spirit to come. Just be in a posture of receiving. You can do that with your hands cupped. You can do that just by shaking out your shoulders. You can do it in any way that feels comfortable to you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and fall on your people. Thank you for that word, wait, that we can wait for your spirit to come. As we wait, we just speak against any resistance. Lower our resistance, Lord, and heighten our expectation for you.
Holy Spirit, come. Move more, Lord, more of your spirit. I pray that some of you who are just prompted by this would lean out and desire. Where do you want to see the kingdom come? Where do you want Jesus to go next? Where do you want to go as a way to say, Jesus, come here. Come move in this part of the city or the world. If you have a sense, just keep dialoguing with Jesus about that. I just invite um, people right now, if you're on the prayer team, to go to the side. I feel like for some of you, there's like some warmth you're experiencing in your body. Um, maybe you're feeling something in your hands, heat in your hands. Um, if, if that's you, you can just slip your hand up. It's just a sign that God is moving in a certain way. If there's like something you're experiencing, it might even be new for you, but just the Holy Spirit kind of giving you some warmth or part of His presence. I feel like there's something that God's up to just promoting some of these spiritual gifts. And if you see one and you're like, I, I think I read that and I feel like that's for me. Or if you know someone here, like, I need to encourage them of that. Remember that because I feel like there'll be time in prayer to either pray for that or to even turn to someone that's in your seat or someone you know to pray about that.